the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. As we continue this vital series on a call to holiness, consider these questions. What does it mean to live holy? How do we live holy as Christians? Why must we live holy? If we are to affect the world for the kingdom of God, we must maximize our effectiveness by meeting God's requirements for kingdom living and kingdom building. Listen closely as Pastor Rander ministers to our hearts, minds, and souls. Remember to have your Bible pen and paper handy as you will want to take notes. We pray that you'd move somebody to come forward to receive Christ, to rededicate their lives, to start over. In Jesus' name, all God's children said, Amen. This will perhaps be a three-part series. I never know how they're going to go until we get in it. Uh, the title of this series is A Call to Holiness. A Call to Holiness, part one. And the scripture is found uh, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. The scripture says, As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust." As in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Once again, this message and this series is entitled A Call to Holiness. In a world that is filled with corruption, this world is filled with perversion, deception, addiction, and the glamorization of sin. There is a call by God himself for his children to live holy. Now, apart from Christ, you cannot live holy. You need the Lord. If the world cannot see a true representation of Christ in us, then where will they see it? So many people no longer go to church, do not even have a Bible, and are filled with the philosophies and ideologies of this world from the secular media. People get their direction from talk shows and entertainers. It's absolutely astounding that everybody has a word today, from rappers to rock stars to professional athletes to actors to politicians and influential people. Therefore, it is critical for people to see the light of Christ shining through us in this dark and decadent society in which we live. There is a cry for holiness amidst God's people. As a matter of fact, judgment will begin at the house of God. God is not waiting on the White House. He's not waiting on Hollywood. He's waiting on those who say they know the Lord. He's waiting on the household of faith. 
The scripture says in 1 Peter 1, 14, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance. Verse 14 is saying that before coming to Christ, we were estranged from God. Before coming to Christ, we were ignorant without the knowledge of Christ. We were children of disobedience under the power of Satan before we came to Christ. Peter challenges the saints not to conform themselves to their former lusts, which is to possess an inner longing, an inner desire, or inner craving for that which is forbidden by God. What are some of the things that are forbidden by God, such as being sexually immoral, being addicted to pornography and its filth, uttering obscenities, being depraved, corrupt, lewd, and carnal. But after trusting Christ as our personal Savior, we as Christians are required by our Lord to be obedient to his command, to be holy in all our conduct, and not to return to our former lifestyle and lust when we were ignorant and living in rebellion against Almighty God. 1 Peter 1.15 says, But as he, God, who call you is holy, you know God is holy, don't you? It's one of the attributes of God. You also be holy in all your conduct. Verse 15 tells us that God is holy. God is perfect. God is the personification of absolute holiness. Holiness is not an option with his children. We are commanded to live holy as we represent God as his ambassadors on earth. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 28 says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. This world is not our home. We are ambassadors. We represent God in a foreign land. In other words, we are not to conform or to revert back to our evil desires of our past sinful lives. All aspects of our lives should be conformed to the word of God. All aspects of our lives should be conformed to our Lord's righteous standards. Our current lifestyle is not to reflect our former ignorance, but the holiness of our heavenly father who called us to be his own. Only then can we be true ambassadors for Christ. First Peter 1.16 says, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Peter here references Old Testament law by quoting from Leviticus chapter 11 verse 14. It should be our innermost desire to be holy because our heavenly father is holy. We represent God on earth. We don't want to misrepresent God before an unlicking world. Through unrighteous living, we don't want to misrepresent God through hypocrisy. We don't want to misrepresent God through deception and an unholy lifestyle, which gives the world a false impression of God. Leviticus chapter 11, verse 44a says, For I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore consecrate yourselves, and you shall be holy, for I am Holy! What does it mean to live holy? There is a call to holiness. 
Now, we expect the world to be unholy. We expect folk to act a fool out there. But what a terrible thing when you can come in God's house and act a fool. What does it mean to live holy? I want you to grasp this this morning. Since God calls us to live holy, then it is critical for us to know what it means. To be holy is to live a life that is consecrated and separated exclusively. Say exclusively. Exclusively for the divine purposes of God. Let me repeat that. To be be holy is to live a life that is consecrated and separated exclusively for the divine purposes of God. One whose life is holy will seek to maintain moral purity before the Lord through continual confession of sins. One who is holy is clean. One who is holy is just. One who is holy is chaste. One who is holy is righteous. One who is holy is godly. This is one, a holy person is one whose lifestyle is harmonized. One whose lifestyle is aligned, is aligned and conform to the word of God, which results in holiness in conduct and character. If your life is not align on the authoritative word of God. If your lifestyle, if your life is not harmonized with the word of God, then it is impossible for you to live holy. Whatever this book says, you need to do it. Any aspect of your life is is off-centered, then you need to make it Christ-centered by aligning your life on the authoritative word of God, my friend. To live holy, we must be filled with the indwelling Holy Spirit. To live holy, we must love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. To live holy, we must deny ourselves and follow Christ no matter what the cost. If we say we are living holy, any and all sin we commit will be convicting and we will be compelled to sincerely confess and repent of our sins and seek forgiveness and cleansing from Almighty God. As Christians, we are called to holiness. Ask yourself this question, where do I stand? That brings us to this question. What are the prerequisites of holiness? What what are the prerequisites for holiness? Well, number one, apart from being born again, it is impossible to live holy. You can't live holy on your own. You were born a child of the devil. You weren't born saved. You were born lost. You were born on your way to hell. You you were born damned and doomed. Apart from being born again, it is impossible to live holy. If you fail to view yourself as a sinner, say a sinner. If you fail to view yourself as a sinner, you will not see a need for a savior. That's why some people don't get born again. Well, I'm a good person. I don't drink. I don't cuss. I don't lie. And I don't do all, I don't gamble. So therefore I am holy. You, you can, you can live a good moral life without a relationship with Jesus Christ, my friends. Uh, John 
3, 3 says, Jesus answered and said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, say born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You, you got to be twice born. Uh, you, you born one time, the first time through your mother's womb. The second time you have to be born by the spirit of God who works the work of regeneration. He transforms the heart. Luke 18, 13 also says, and the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven. He was grief stricken over his sins, but beat his breath in humble submission and brokenness. You know why some folk can't get to God? But the, because they're too cocky. They're too prideful. Uh, they, they think they're all of that, but I'm here to, t- I submit to you today that you ain't all that. Okay, uh, we, we need to have brokenness and contrition about us. Uh, this this man, a tax collector, they were uh, tax collectors were despised. They were cheaters. They were ripping people off uh, during Jesus's day. He's standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven. He was too humiliated uh, and, and broken, but he beat his breath in humble submission saying, God. Be merciful to me, a sinner. If you don't see yourself as a sinner, you will not see yourself in need of a savior. Number two, living a life of holiness and obedience validates the fact that we belong to Jesus. How do you know you belong to Jesus? What gives you the confidence once you come to Christ that you are in Christ? living a life of holiness and obedience validates the fact that we belong to Jesus. You listen, you are either a child of God or you're a child of the devil. You either sheep or you're a goat. You either know the Lord or you don't. You either saint or you ain't. You either going to heaven or you're going to hell. You're either child of God or you're a child of Satan. Uh, verse 14 says, underline this as obedient Children. Now, some of you read your Bibles too fast. Slow down. You know, my principle is slower is better than fast. You can't speed read the Bible and grow spiritually. Slow down as obedient children. Let's stop right there. Are you obedient? If you're not obedient, then you are out of the will of God. And perhaps if you're content in your disobedience, perhaps you don't even know God. The scripture says, as obedient children, let's say that together, as obedient, say it a little bit louder, as again, as are you an obedient child of God? The scripture says, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance. Remember all that stuff you used to do before you got born again? You mean you saved that long you don't remember? Oh, all of a sudden you got a a holy uh, loss of memory. <laughs> but but we all have sinned. We've all have fallen short of the glory of God. And we've all done things to shame our Lord and bring disgrace to our Lord. As obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lust. All that stuff you, we lusted after, we, we longed for and did. And, and most of which even was done in ignorance. So, so you can't just kind of obey God. I, you know, I'm just going to obey God just, a, just enough to get in the kingdom. No, no, a little dab of obedience won't do. You say, why do you say that? Listen, 
partial obedience is defiance and rebellion against God. You need to write that down. Some of y'all think, I can half obey. I don't have to come to church. Uh, I just come once a year, uh, three times a year, Christmas, Mother's Day, and y'all say Easter, but it's really Resurrection Sunday. (laughs) Matter of fact, every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. Partial obedience. I won't give the whole 10%. I'll give 2%. That's rebellion. The Lord requires total, unconditional obedience to his word from his children. I said again, the Lord requires total, unconditional obedience to his word from his children. Now write this down. You need this. Anything less than total obedience is disobedience. Did you get that? You you, you need to write that down. I said again, anything less than total obedience is disobedience. Thirdly, when we see our sins in light of God's holiness, remember the question is, what are the prerequisites for holiness? Thirdly, when we see our sins in light of God's holiness, we see our sins as God sees them. When we see our sins in light of God's holiness, we see our sins as God sees them. This means we won't uh, call our sins a mistake. I made a mistake. You didn't make a mistake. You sinned. You, you come clean before God says, I have sinned. And not only that, tell him exactly what you've done. Don't, and don't come to God and say, forgive me of all my sins. You didn't commit them all at one time. Name them one by one and humbly put them under the blood of Jesus Christ. Your sins are not a mistake. They're sins. Your sin is not, that's my weakness. No, that's your sins. And we will, listen, when you mean business with God, you will not minimize nor rationalize sin away by giving it cute little names. Isaiah chapter six, verses one through five is a powerful scripture. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face and with two, he covered his feet and with two, he flew. And one cried to another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door was shaken by the voice of him who cried out and the house was filled with smoke. Presence of God all over that place. And look at Isaiah's response. Isaiah said in the midst of God and the presence of God and the glory of God, he says three words that's astounding. Woe is me for I am undone because I'm a man of unclean lips. I cuss a lot. All the cussing is not gone. And I dwell amidst a people of unclean lips. Filth come out of lips that have because the heart is unclean. And look what Isaiah says. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Let me tell you something. When you experience God for who he is, when you sense God's presence, 
when you when you when you sense the glory of God, listen, you are not the same. You you, you are broken. You 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 see yourself. You see your sins in light of God's holiness, and all of a sudden, you ought to be saying, as Isaiah says, as you get closer to God, woe is me. When you begin to experience God, you ought to be saying, woe is me. When is the last time you mourned over your sins? You grieved over your sins? When you got on your knees and you before God with your Bible, and you fall on a conviction from the word of the living God, and you just looked at yourself in light of God's presence, in light of God's glory, in light of God's word, and you say, woe is render, I'm a wretch. When I consider my ways, my, my mouth, my actions, my motive, my pride, my disposition, my attitude, Woe is me. God have mercy on me. Wash me. Cleanse me. Let me tell you something. When you encounter God, your life is not the same again. And I wonder about people who can come to church 40 years and still raise hell all over the world and the church. You can't even invite folk to your church because you're the biggest fool down on the job. Listen, there are some be, there, are, there should be some woe is me in the house of God. There needs to be some brokenness of your sins. You all, when is the last time you said, I'm tired of myself? I'm tired of my ways. I, I, I'm getting this all, I, I, I'm beside myself. Thank you, God, for the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. Lord, help me to start all over with you. Oh, woe, woe, woe is me. We need people who can cry out to God in humble submission over your sins, over your, what your eyes have seen, what your ears have heard, how you live your life, what you're doing in your private life, your thought life and the stuff you've been thinking of. When you look at the word of God and when you commune with God in the world, you ought to get messed up. You're not getting mad at the preacher. You need to call up heaven and cry out to God, woe is me. My God and my Lord. Number four, we can't live a life of holiness unless we have been delivered from sin. You can't live a life of holiness unless you have been delivered from sin. Colossians chapter three, verses 13 and 14 says, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. In whom we have redemption purchased by God with his shed blood. The forgiveness of sin. Transferred. We were born children of the devil. We were born enslaved in sin. We were born on our way to hell. But thanks be to God when we believe in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection, crying out, asking God to come into our hearts. Listen, God at that moment by his spirit transfers us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. Only those who have been delivered by the Lord from the dominion of Satan and transferred into the kingdom of Christ can live a holy life. If you desire to be delivered from the power and penalty of sin, you must understand what it is. 
You, you, you can't live holy until you've been delivered. Have you been delivered? Have you been delivered? Has God rescued you from the power and the penalty of sin and one day the presence of sin? But if you're going to be delivered, you got to know what it is. And I, 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 I'm mighty afraid that too many folk in the house of God don't even know what sin is. What is sin? What is it? You need to write every word down. Write it in the notes section of your cell phone. Just let, don't, don't let it ring, you know. <clears throat> what is sin? Sin is a violation of the word of God. That's what it is. It's a violation of the word of God. It is to neglect the law of God. First John 5, 17, a says all unrighteousness is sin. First John 3, 4 also says sin is lawlessness. You know what sin is? Sin is to miss the mark of God's righteous standard. It is to miss the mark of God's righteous standard. You know, let me tell you something about sin. Romans 3.23 says, for all, you say me too. Yeah, you too. Me too. For all, say all. All. Say me. Me. Say I. I. Get all those pronouns out of there. I have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The scripture also says there's none righteous, no, not one. That's sin, my friends. Why does God hate sin? Why does he hate it? Let me give you why he hates it. A, God hates sin because he is holy and desires his children to live holy as we represent Christ on earth. God hates sin because he is holy and desires his children to live holy as we represent him on earth. First Peter chapter one, verses 15 and 16 says, but as he called, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Beloved. As we choose to live holy each day of our lives, Satan will seek to destroy us and our testimony. That's his goal. We have a goal too, to lean on the everlasting arms of Jesus and finish well. As we live for our Lord and Savior, though we are weak, we become strong. Why? Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located directly at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.